My friends, what a day. What a week. What a month. What a season. I'm Father Brian O'Brien. You are listening to the Pastors of Pain. I'm here with uh, my friend, Father Kerry Wakulich. What? We, and, you started uh, without me. I'm uh, I'm the pastor of <laughs> oh, okay. St. Francis Xavier uh, Catholic Church, West Side, Stillwater. <laughs> Father Kerry is at St. John Catholic Student Center. Um, uh, yeah, is it's, it? Is it's, it's, it's J. Jay, 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 our producer. Our produ- we have a We've producer. We've been talking about it for weeks, and you still haven't. May seventh, it's getting knocked down. And May seventh is our six is our last Wednesday candlelight mass. We're going to invite oh. hundreds of people to it. May seventh, we're vaccinated taking vaccinated people. The, <laughs> May seventh, we're hauling the altar, the baptismal font, the crucifix, the side altars, and they're going to a poor parish on the east side of the state of Oklahoma, over by Tahlequah. And then we're doing a decommissioning. That's very nice of you. Deconsecrating ceremony. And then people are going to go through and write little love notes to St. John Catholic Church. Aww. And then and then we're going to sing my favorite Advent song. It's usually the song in the third week of Advent. You may know it. This is the third week of Advent. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Then we should be singing this at Mass because it, it deals with the readings from the third week of Advent. Deck You're, the halls? Nope. I oh. came in like a wrecking ball. Oh. Because that's what Jesus does. He's like... As, as the season of Advent is all about. He's a wrecking ball to your sin. I know he's gonna on the last day, like Advent, as we prepare for that. That would preach. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna come in. Oh. He's on the last day. He's not gonna come in as like your pal or your friend. Jesus is gonna he's come gonna in come like in, a, the, the preface, the first preface of, of Advent that he would come in glory and majesty. Uh huh. And uh, like, there's prayers like to to expel the corruption out of our lives. That's what I add, you know, the season of Advent. Wow. And so on uh, May uh, May 8th, we're going to come in like a wrecking ball, just like Miley Cyrus, except we're going to put Jesus on the wrecking ball huh. and he's going to swing in. That's Kelly Steichen. She <laughs> gave me that little image a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> she, I, I sang, uh, I come at Jesus is going to come in like a wrecking ball and she lost it in the middle of mass a couple of weeks ago. And she was like, I that's just thought, hilarious. She's like, I was just thinking of like Jesus on the wrecking ball instead of Miley Cyrus coming in. Uh huh. Hold on. That's that's very funny. All right, so it is the third week of Advent. Uh, Advent's going well. It's going well. I, I have good another favorite of, song. Good time of prayer. Do you have another favorite song of Advent? What? You ready? It's beginning to look a lot like Advent. We're halfway Purple done. Purple everywhere. Rose. Rose today. Rose today on the priests. But not in oh, the streets. Oh, because people geez. think it's just it's so, Christmas. It's so bad. But it's not Christmas yet. Remember your uh, episode a couple of years ago where you're like, it's not Christmas. You yeah, began no, everything with those, that phrase. It's not. I was thinking about this the other day because someone, someone, I went to the, uh, this a couple weeks ago, I went to the dentist. Um, and I've just kept my dentist in Tulsa. Okay. Um, and he's Catholic. You want to give a shout out to him? Uh, Dr. Mark Davis at Perfect Smile. Oh, Dr. Stephen Lusk at Lusk. Oh, yeah. Uh, is that yours? St. Mary's guy. That's He's a good guy. Nice. Charlene and Steve Lusk. Okay. Um, so Dr. Davis, uh, I was there, and uh, what I like about my dentist is that he has crucifixes in each room. What? Like, as you're, you're sitting in the dentist chair, and you look up, and there's a crucifix. Whoa. Isn't that cool? It's a great witness. Great witness. Anyway. So uh, as I was leaving, I made another appointment for you know months from months. months from now, mm-hmm. and the lady said to me, uh, yeah, "Father, Merry Christmas!" And I was like, "This was like Dece- I don't even think it was December. I think it was November what thirtieth." Who when says I went. that? It was. It was. It was the feast of uh, Saint Andrew, the thirtieth. And I was like, 
did she just say Merry Christmas to me? I mean, and I get it because I wasn't going to see her. I mean, this was, I saw her and then I wasn't going to see her for months. And so she said Merry Christmas. And then I was thinking, wouldn't it be weird? So think about this, all you Christmas, all you celebrating Christmas early people. Uh-huh. Go on. Um, it, my birthday is November the 22nd. Father Carey's birthday is January 2nd. Yep. What if on like December 1st, I was saying to Father Carey, happy birthday. You should start wishing me happy birthday. No, what? no, because your birthday oh. is January the 2nd. So like maybe the day before. You got my hopes up real fast and then shattered them. But so that's what we're doing when you when we're like when we're getting all into Christmas on Halloween, right? It, he, it's not his birthday. His birthday is December twenty fifth. You don't start celebrating people's birthdays a month or even a week early. You just don't do it. Whoa! I know, and people people say people <laughs> say. But then when it then when it actually is your birthday, then it's like, hey, it's my birthday, and this is awesome. But then the church gives us the Christmas season. So not only is Jesus' birthday like this one day and then it's all over. No, it goes on and on and on for, for a couple weeks. Okay. So anyway, I just don't be don't uh, th- this is the other thing I love so about <coughs> I love about the early con- with it. I love about the continuation of Advent. Patience. You you want to give the Lord a gift on his birthday, right? I do. I, uh, yeah. And so I don't know about season- all you pagans out there. <laughs> so the so one about the season of Advent is that the church is trying to prepare you to give your life as a gift to the Lord on Christmas Day, one. But also, Christmas is not just the celebration of Jesus' birthday. It's a reminder, as I said at the beginning, that he's going to come in like a wrecking ball. So during the season of Advent, you're preparing to give your life to God on the last day when he comes to judge the living and the dead by silly putty. No, by fire. <laughs> He's coming to judge. Where was that going? I don't know. I did, the that word was silly, so random. The word fire was there, and the word silly putty was right before it. Silly putty. And my ADD HD, which HD is high definition, uh, saw all these other words. It was like, okay, so you just got to say silly putty weird. to get it out of your brain. But that's how he's going to come. He's going to come to judge the living and the dead by fire. So Advent, if you skip Advent, you miss this fantastically incredible time to prepare to give your life to the Lord on Christmas Day and on the day that he is going to come to judge. And your glory and majesty. And you're purifying all this, the corruption out of us. So you gave a talk at my parish. Oh, yes. Thank you for that, by the way. You're welcome. Um, You gave a a talk at my parish back on December the 2nd. Okay. And we had never done this before, but it was kind of like, you know, a lot of of parishes, including ours, we do like a Lenten parish mission, Mm -hmm. like during the season of Lent. This year we're doing it actually the couple days right before Lent. Uh, Father John Landsrith from the Diocese of Wichita is coming uh, the couple days, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, before Ash Wednesday. Um, but Advent is also kind of, I mean, it's like Lent in that it's a, it can be a penitential season, but but different. It's it's different. The than Eastern Lent. Church calls it Christmas Lent. Yeah, it's but it's not. So it's it's, it's not, more yeah. it's a little more joyful and anticipatory. And anyway, but you gave a talk um, at my parish. We called it our Advent Night of Renewal. And I stole that title from Father Todd Nance, who used to do that at his parish in okay. Sand Springs. And I and I just really like it. And so people came, which was awesome. We recorded it, and so you can actually go back and watch it if you want to. I can send it to you. email me, um, email me, and you can and I'll and I'll and I'll send it to you. Um, but anyway, it was really good. It was really good. It was during adoration, and I just I thought maybe you could give give a little, you know, kind of a like a like a little summary of 
what you talked about. Okay. At your, you, because it was about preparing uh, for Christmas. Yeah. How, how ought we prepare for <laughs> Christmas? How good do you think my memory is? We've been friends now almost 20 years. I live in 36-hour periods. Are we just going to tell people to go watch it and then and end the episode one? 10 minutes in? Okay, one, I had no idea you recorded it. I told you that we were going to record it. Okay, I forgot. We record everything because some people are staying home and can't come. This is what I'm afraid of with recording things. As you know- but You didn't say anything what, offensive. Uh, okay, well, you know what we said, uh, what I told you all about this podcast when we started it? I worry about saying stupid things that are- You live stream your Sunday mass. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> because your mass, what time's your, your mass is at 10? 10 and So five. sometimes we have mass at 8.30. And so usually I greet, greet the people afterwards. And then, you know, usually by 10 or so, people have- left and and so i usually go back to my office for a little bit and just kind of get get a few things done and and i'll go on and like check facebook and there you know and there you are so i, I usually will watch a few minutes of your of your homily on sunday and you, okay. didn't, and you didn't even know that wow so that's no big deal okay got it you're okay. afraid of saying yeah i know I, I you said this before but like you're when you recorded, you're afraid of saying something like play-doh just a few minutes ago the word play-doh was silly stuck putty. in my head silly yeah. putty whatever it was but that's okay. That's what makes you, I think, what makes you a good public speaker. Okay. There's a certain dynamism. See it that way, you know, like to your, to your speaking style. There's a spontaneity. Because, mm. I mean, how boring is it when people just, like, get up and, like, just read from a piece <laughs> of paper? You know? Boring. You've got, and, I mean, and you have paper in front of you when you preach. But there's a, it's, it's still, it's more. It's bullet uh, points. Dialogical. You know, yeah. It's, it's, there's still uh, engagement. With your audience, right. per se, okay. as there was on that Wednesday night. Okay, so re- restate your question then, please, for the audience. How ought the people listening to this prepare for Christmas? That was kind of okay. that was your theme in a, in a difficult time right. in which we live, weird stuff going on. What? How does one prepare for Christmas? Uh, one prepares for Christmas by making Christ your King, making Jesus Christ your King. Boom. Okay. Okay. Moving on. No, I'm so, just moving right. on. Keep going. Uh, remember the Feast of Christ the King was on your birthday. I do. By the way, uh, yeah. So the the Feast of Christ the King, how, how to make how to make him your King, and to avoid the other things that want to rule you in life. Mm. There's all these other things like that what? wish to rule you. So I started that with if you go back and watch it, I started with like the environment Jesus comes into. That he is, we talked about the genealogy of the gospel of Matthew, of the environment he comes in where there's this guy named Herod, the Herod, and Herod is an Edomite. He's a fake king, but he's killed. He's literally gone down and found everybody of the line of David. That's why the gospel of Matthew begins with the line of David, because Herod went down the line of David and basically killed everybody who had a hereditary like seed of the line of David. That's why you know that reading for the prophet Isaiah is that it was a, a sprout shall stump, uh, shall sprout, a, a shoot, a shoot shall, shall sprout from the stump of Jesse. That we're waiting on, they're waiting for the king, but the, but the kingdom looks like it's demoralized because it's been cut down to the ground and the sprout's gonna come. So one, seeing that the kings of this world, the rulers of this world, are not going to help you on the way to salvation. Yep. Uh, because, you know, as it says with Herod, it says all of Jerusalem and Herod tremble in fear when they hear the three kings announce that there's a newborn king of the Jews. So second, 
second how to prepare is to be like is to get fear out of your life oh to get fear out of your life because fear prevents us from from uh, going to meet the perfect Lord. Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out of fear. A second a second thing is to know the Old Testament. That during the season of Advent and during the season of Christmas, which lasts longer than Advent, is to take the readings from Mass and read them. Where can you find those? Uh, you can go to USCCB Daily Readings, or you can find the Word Among Us. Uh, you yeah, can we have a, at my parish, We have like these booklets out for people to take. So and, just take them every week yeah, and go yeah. back, and maybe that week read the readings from that week to get to know the King. That should be, I think, a part of every Catholic's regular life. Reading like the, the reading. The, you, yeah, you should not go to Mass, ideally, not go to Mass Sunday and be like, oh, that's the reading today. There be should surprised. be some familiarity mm-hmm. ahead of time because you'll understand them better when they're proclaimed. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So, so to spend time with the Word of God because the, the religious people of Jerusalem, they knew the Scriptures because they said, he, Herod says, Where's a newborn king to be jo- be born? And they said, in Bethlehem, the house of David, the house of bread. Yeah. They knew it. But, knew, but no one went. Oh. Like, you can know all this knowledge, but is it going to put you into action to go and worship the king? And the answer is no. And, and so uh, so that that was a point. Like, how, how do we prepare to, for Christmas? How do we get to know the Lord? And it's by worshiping the king. Uh by knowing who the king is, by knowing who the true king is and who is the fake king and rejecting the fake king. Mm. Then I uh, come up with some like practical things that everybody in our culture um, has, in a way, um, especially in the in the modern era, we um, we we think that they're you're gonna you you challenged people a little bit. Yeah, I like I like we, that. We we think like oh my gosh, like we're in a particular time when like we've never been persecuted like this. And the answer is rubbish, <laughs> rubbish, rubbish. I I watched uh, in preparation for this. I yeah, watched. When was the last time you knew you know someone who was killed for the faith? I mean, we would say in Oklahoma, you know, like Stanley Rother. Yeah. You know, no one. But most people don't know anyone. Right. Who, or do you know anyone who's ever been tortured for the faith? Right. But in generations past, mm-hmm. you would know somebody. So, the, so, I, so I watched the movie A Man for All Seasons. Ooh. Which is about who? St. Thomas More. St. Thomas More. So I watched The Man for All Seasons. Uh, during um, patron saint of lawyers in November, right uh, before Thanksgiving break. Uh, And I watched it and there's this great line in it. And he says, they're accusing him of being against the king. And he says, he says, and let me see if I can remember the quote. He says, I am the sir. I am the king's humble servant, but I am God's first to put those in right order. Do not put political authorities on a pedestal of royalty because they will come looking for their reward of your obedience. They will come and they will take from you. That's what the Old Testament tells us about kings. When the people say to God, we want to be like everybody else. We want to be, and and God says, you want a king? This is what they're going to do. They're going to take your sons for battle. They're going to take your cattle for food. They're going to take from your land. They're going to ta-a-a-ax you. Do you want a king? And they're like, give us a king. 
And he says, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. And I love, like in, in, in St. Thomas More, uh, you know, he was a lay, lay person. Um, he was a lawyer, the, you know, a scholar. Yeah. Uh, he was the second most powerful man in England. Yeah. And the king said, I want you to grant me a divorce. And he said, I cannot. I've heard, you've already had one divorce because, and then the woman died. His first bride died. It's like, you want, you want to do this. But the, you know I, what I love about the man for all seasons is to see the clothing of the people and the way the king acts. Because we think, oh, the king, the king was just so normal. He, the way he's portrayed is a bipolar schizophrenic man. Mm. who was always on up and up and downs and downs and downs. And so he's sitting there in one scene with Thomas More, and he's like like talking to him like he's their pals. Oh, Thomas! Yes, yes. And they're like, has he put Thomas in this place so to manipulate him? And the answer is yes. But Thomas has this very clear understanding that he is the servant of the king, but God first. first. Yep. Okay, so that. Mm. Then also to, come up, also to come up with a battle cry, to come up with a prayer, to come up with something that puts you back in right order. When your mind starts wandering mm. off, because we watch the news a lot and we, people watch the news and the news and the news. And then they just like they call me and they say, I'm really upset at the Pope. I'm really upset at our government. I'm really upset at our politicians. I'm really upset at our pastor. I'm really upset at everybody. And it's like, whoa. What happened? Easy, big fella. Easy. So I, I, I instructed them to get a, a battle cry. To get a life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, you don't say the... Contra, uh, the, um, the, the to get the, the life. Yeah. The way, the truth, and the life. Oh, yeah. There you go. That's what I meant. So I brought in a guy named Miguel Pro. Mm. Not because he's a pro, he's an expert, but his name <laughs> is... His name, his yeah. name was... Uh, Miguel Pro, he was a priest, he was a Jesuit, and he lived in Mexico in the 1920s when the communists were raging in Mexico. They were there were priest hunters. If you ever go into in, in the um, I when I lived in Mexico in Guadalajara, I would take people uh, other students on tours because as they as a phrase they say you have pato de pies you have dog feet Wakulich. You would walk around all over. I mean, I would walk probably twenty or 30,000 steps a day just going through the city. And in the civic building, as you go up the stairs, there's this mural of the communists on one side and the bishops on the other uh, in this fierce battle in the 1920s. I mean, Guadalajara was richly filled with martyrs, uh, just like um, the Church of Holy, uh, the, the Sacred Heart in Paris is called Montmartre. The Mount of the Martyrs. So too is um, part of Guadalajara called the, the, the section of the martyrs. And Miguel Pro, when arrested, they were like, okay, we're going to bind you and blindfold you. He's like, you don't need to blind me. You don't need to blindfold me. You don't need to tie me up. They took him there and they put him up in front of a log. You can like go and see the picture. Uh, and on, yeah, the, day, on the day Miguel, of his feast Miguel day, Pro which is death, which, yeah. Yeah, the day of his feast day, which is your birthday. Is the martyrdom of Miguel Pro? He was he was shot the next on, day, twenty third. He oh yeah, he was shot November on the twenty third. Yeah. yeah, but his battle cry, which twenty seven. Yeah, his yep. battle cry was what? Viva Cristo Rey. Viva 
Cristo Rey. Long live Christ the King. And, and what what that did then for the nation of Mexico is it started a religious revolution. We are not going to take this anymore. And so I think people need a prayer to basically proclaim Jesus Christ to the to our world because right now I think I think a lot of people say they're Christians and and it's like well we're yeah we're Christians we don't worship God but we call ourselves Christians we we may follow some Christian moral teaching we we may <laughs> we may know some of the 10 commandments but not them all we we don't know anything about the old testament we don't know anything about the gospels but we need to come up with a battle cry. And but we have to live that battle cry to the point of martyrdom. What would be an example of a battle cry? Like Viva Cristo like, like, Rey. Like, oh. Long live Christ so the King. So you're telling you're telling people to like come up with one of their own. Yes. Or take that one. What if I just want that one? Yeah, that's Yeah, that, one. that it's a perfectly good one. I like the uh th- this was introduced to me just like, like more recently. Uh I love the song uh, rise up, O men of God. Rise up, O men of God. Yeah. That one? I had never heard that sung. And somebody sent it to me, and I think it was like the Mormon Tabernacle Choir or somebody singing it, but it was like awesome. And then I was talking to Father Pratt about it, and he said when he was at St. John Vianney in Minnesota, when right. he was in college okay. seminary, they would sing that like all the time. That was like, the, I mean, that was their anthem. And I love it. I love it. I mean, especially as a priest, that may not apply, but it's like, Get up, let's like, let's go. Right, like there is work to be done, there is a world to be conquered for Christ, and it just like it just gets me pumped up. And so I added to that that a, a church that is not on mission, a church that is, doesn't have a battle cry, is dead. You sound like Pope Francis, and has become like a, a fossil. That's a very pope francis thing to say it's become a fossil like yeah. what, what do fossils do like look at the churches in europe when we went to i took some students one time to um, i couldn't they were all locked <laughs> well no saint denis we went to the church of saint yeah. Denis, who was beheaded and they said he walked through the streets holding his head but in the church of the holy uh, the sacre coeur when they put him in the mosaic he's holding his head in his hand yeah it's really cool but you go to saint denis today and what do you find there tourists you find a pay booth. Mm-hmm. These churches, no one's tithing, no one's going to them, no one's uh, uh, worshiping the good God. Well, what are they doing? They're, they're, I don't know what they're doing, but they're charging money to get in them. Because remember, the church is, a, a, is an organism. It's the body of Christ. It's a living, breathing yeah. organism. It, he is a vine, we are the branches, and it is alive. Use it or lose it. So... I also mentioned that to them. But then I gave them this sort of last thing. I said, how are you going to... Um, I gave them two last things. One is to sit in front of a nativity set. Mm. You know, when Christmas gets here, sit in front of a nativity set. <clears throat> on one occasion, a lady said, why do you all put Jesus on a cross? He came down from there. And I said... Do you know what I said? You were being flippant. Uh-huh. I said, why do you put him in an nativity set? He grew up and became an adult and walked out of there. And they were like, oh. Yeah, that is funny. Yeah. Like lots of... Uh, so to, to sit down in front of a nativity set and take the posture of the other people there. 
Because like the kings are bringing these treasures. The Holy Family is kneeling. Like kneel down in front of a nativity set and like put your eyes before the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Lastly, I said a a great desire for Eucharistic adoration has to be in all of our hearts. Because what it's the host. There was a pew poll out at one point in time when they said that 60 percent of Catholics don't believe the Eucharist is the body and blood of Jesus. And I said, and I said, listen here, y'all, I did not become a priest to hand out round pieces of bread, round piece of small bread, round piece of small bread. No, become a priest to distribute out the to to give out the body. I wear this man dress for bread. (laughs) But but that's that's at the at the heart of the priesthood is helping these people become saints. BuildingSaints.com, donate to the New Catholic Church and Student Center on the corner of Miller and Nabai. But that's our mission as priests, is to be shepherds, to help people become saints. And, and so to be in front of Jesus in the Holy Eucharist, like that is God. He says, this is my body, this is my blood. Do this in memory of me. He says in John 6, you must eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood if you want to have life within you. And how do you get that? A year later, he instituted the Last Supper, the Holy Mass. The wedding feast of the lamb, the lamb being sacrificed and offered to us to eat and drink, to not only just eat and drink, but to gnaw on and consume and to take into us. And as St. Augustine says, we got to worship him. Mm. So to go before the great Lord in Eucharistic adoration, there he is in the tabernacle, in a monstrance, and to fall down and worship. That's why when we were organizing the, that Advent night, we have we have adoration on Wednesdays up until seven, and you you made the request of like let's not, don't end adoration. Let's have adoration during the talk, and that's what we did. So I just mic dropped at the end, like yeah. there's no conclusion. Yeah. I just walked down the steps, and then I came in and did benediction. Yeah, I said this is our yeah. this is our mission is to worship the King, in the Holy Eucharist. So let's do it now. Mic drop. Tantum ergo. Boom. Sacrament. Yeah. There you go. Mm. Yeah, that was good. So anyway, <laughs> you can go back and watch uh, this uh, this talk from Father Kerry. We've got it up on our Facebook and YouTube. Or just email me and I'll send you the... I can't believe I remembered all I'll that stuff. I'll send you the link. Yeah. No. It's like as if uh, <laughs> I did it got, like three, three days your notes, ago. Your note's right in front of you. Yeah, that's great. And so, like, I, yeah, so I think paper. to take take very all of you listening, take seriously these last days as we prepare for um, Christmas. Take it seriously. Um, kind of root out the materialism of the season, um, kind of the triviality of the season, um, and really embrace it. I mean, so yeah, decorate your house and all you know, all that good stuff that that brings that that brings people together and brings joy. But ultimately, remembering what are what are we doing here? I mean, the Christmas is about, you know, the Magi come from afar, uh, the shepherds they they come to to worship, they come to put Christ at the center of their life. Um, so that's something that we can't forget, that we can't miss out on um, amidst the sort of the hustle and bustle. I wonder if if you know that co- if co- if a kind of a COVID Christmas isn't. Kind of a, <laughs> A little bit of a blessing because we have to really focus on what's most important. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a, a blessing side of all the of all the negative and the tragedy and right. Um, yeah, so I hope for you it's a 
a time of Fantastic. great joy. I would also say this, though, um, is to uh, think about maybe somebody in your life who probably isn't going to have a very good Christmas. Think about people who have lost loved ones recently um, and go and uh, and give them a call. So Christmas coming up, let's do a quick ma- – you're, you're having uh, – Zero. Yeah, you're having zero Christmas masses. We're having seven. Um, our Christmas I, I, masses will be – I got one, don't I? Christmas Eve. Uh, we're going to have mass at 4 o'clock, 6 o'clock. That's me, 6, right? 7.30. I'm 7.30? You're 6. Ah, yes. Uh, 4 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 7.30, 10 p.m. in Spanish. And then on Christmas Day, we're going to have mass at midnight. 7 a.m., 9 a.m. What time is Midnight Mass? Midnight. Um, hi. Oh, uh, what time is Midnight Mass? Oh, uh, midnight. Midnight. It's technically called, the reason people do that is because it's technically, there actually is no such thing as official Midnight Mass. It's called Mass During the Night. Oh. Oh, what time is Midnight Mass? And so, like at the Vatican, I think it's at, I think Pope Benedict changed it because he was really old. Uh, I think the midnight, the midnight Mass is at 10. Oh, know. okay. Our Midnight Mass is at midnight. And then I'm covering Mass at St. Anne's in Broken Arrow on, on Christmas, Christmas Day, Day at noon. Last year, oh. they advertised in the oh, newspaper right. accidentally, like the Tulsa World put in there, noon Mass at St. Anne's. I showed up with my family, and it was me, my family, and then about 25 other people. So I got it again this year. Thanks, Father Matt. Good luck. Well, a blessed Advent to all. Uh, let us know how you're doing. We love you. Pray for us. Peace.